Um, grab, grab your Bible <laughs> and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 46. And uh, in Isaiah chapter 46, Isaiah is an incredible book in the Bible. It's like, it's called the Bible inside the Bible because it exists really in two parts. Uh, it actually spans 200 years or so. Um, and it has 66 books or 66 chapters. The Bible has 66 books. Um, the first part of Isaiah chapters one through 39 is about God's judgment that is coming to Israel because they will not repent. They will not turn from their ways. They will not trust the Lord. And he's like, you know, judgment's coming and you're going to be taken captive by the Babylonians. You're going to be exiled, all, all of this stuff. And, and that happens chapter one through 39. Chapters 40 through, that's why the back half of Isaiah is more so quoted than the first part of Isaiah because chapters 40 through 66 is about God's redemption and God's restoration of the people that he loves. And so we're in uh, Isaiah chapter 46. And I want to, I just want to read two verses, really. Um, we are in this series called Kingdom Cause, Kingdom Cause. And last weekend, I talked to you about purpose. And um, I answered really, I think, five questions that all humans want answered, many are trying to answer. And that's the, the questions of purpose. Like, where did I come from? Who am I? Why am I here? What can I do? Where am I going? The questions of purpose, that obviously is available online, podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do that kind of stuff. Um, but I want to go a step farther today, and I want to use these two verses from Isaiah chapter 46, because God reveals some, something about him, and he reveals himself in how he works. Um, and it's around the idea of purpose. So I'm going to step farther with purpose than last week. If you missed last week, it's okay. This one still makes sense. So you're totally safe. Um, but in Isaiah 46, verse nine, it says, remember the former things, those long ago. And this is what he says. I am God. There is no other. It's an incredible declaration when you consider all the idols, they've been Babylonian captivity and all the idols of Babylon and they've been around a different culture and all the gods that they had. And this is what he's like declaratively saying, definitively saying, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. So he's declaring, I'm God, I'm the guy, I'm, I'm, I am the deity, I'm the almighty creator. There is none like me. And then he says, and this is what I do because I'm God, this is what I do. I make known the end from the beginning from ancient times, what is still to come. And I say, this is what he says, because I have the power to do all of this because I am who I say I am. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. I'm God, there's nobody like me. Why are you God? Because I make known the end from the beginning. I'm God and my purpose will stand. He's like, I'm not Burger King, but I will have it my way. <laughs> right? Um, and so here's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about kingdom success. Kingdom success. Drop it in the chat. Kingdom success. Write it down on your notepad. Kingdom success. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. God, for your love for us. God, I'm so grateful for every person that is listening today, whether they're in this room or they're online, God, they have tuned in and it is not by accident, but God, you have something so specific that you want to give them. God, they, they didn't tune in to listen. They tuned in to receive a deposit that comes by the Holy Spirit, maybe through spoken word, maybe through a stream. 
but it comes into their hearing. But it is more than that. It's an impartation of your Holy Spirit and your presence and something good that you have for them. I pray no one misses it today, but that God, everybody gets what you want them to have. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Kingdom success. Now, if you're going to go to sleep during this message or you're going to turn the stream off at some point because something else comes on or someone texts you, I'm not going to speak words of judgment because I love you so much, but I do want to give you a sentence so that you know what we're going to talk about so that you know the truth, even if you don't have all the supporting information. <laughs> and that is people like they do that. No, I'm just making a point. Never mind. Anyways, I want you to write this down. Um, you were created to be successful. I want you to write that down. You were created to be successful. I would even go a step farther. What we're going to talk about today is that God wants you to be successful. God wants you to be successful. So three things. You know there's going to be three things. We're going to write these down together. You can take these notes. You can put them in the chat. The first thing is this, is your purpose existed before you did. Your purpose. I think sometimes when we think about creation, and even when we read Genesis and we think about creation, I'm afraid sometimes we think of it this way. Like God and them, kind of like Bubber and them, were sitting around one day and thought, what could we do? And, and then God was like, you know what? I know what we could do. We could make a planet. That's what we could do. Right? Because we're in East Texas and this is how most men get to the ER because they were sitting around thinking about something they could do. Like, you know, that's how men get to the ER, especially young men, boys. This is how we it all proceed. Watch this. <laughs> Hold my coffee. <laughs> I don't know what y'all are thinking while y'all laughing. And it's like when we think about creation, we think here was God and the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And they're sitting up there like, uh, what y'all want to do today? I don't know. Let's make a planet. That sounds fun. Why? I don't know. Let's make it. Make a planet. What are we going to put on the planet? I don't know. I like trees. I like fish. You know what we did? We could put a man on the planet. Oh, we could. Let's put a man on the planet. What's he going to do? I don't know. We'll figure it out after we put the man on the planet. And sometimes we think that, that, that God somehow created everything. And then religious theology sometimes is really the greatest enemy to kingdom thinking, which is what we're talking about. Because when, when we, some people make the mistake of assuming the Bible is like a religious uh, handbook. Our religious rule book, when really it's the constitution of the kingdom, and it talks about a king, a kingdom, and a royal family. And, and so we have this Bible. Sometimes we think about like this creation happened by this God who just, I don't know, he, he thought one day he was bored and he thought he'd make a planet and he thought he'd make a man. And then, you know, and, and then sure enough, the enemy comes and offers the forbidden fruit salad to the man and then he ate, ate it. And then God's like, well, now I got to fix the problem. So I'll send my son and then he'll die. And then, the, the reason for all of this is so they can all die and go to heaven where I am. Now, here's my question. If you're God and you really want people to end up in the realm of heaven, because the Bible talks about the realm of heaven and the realm of earth. If you really want them to end up in the realm of heaven, then why don't you just start there? Why send them to earth, make them live a sometimes difficult life and then die in order to get back to you? If that was all we were trying to accomplish here, 
this religious idea of make sure you pray your prayer so when you die, you can go to heaven because we're going to be up there with the baby angels who are fat and, and have harps and sing. And that's really the goal. Then you've got to be singing like, well, God, if that's really the goal, you didn't think this out very well because you could have just made man in heaven, totally bypassed earth, the pain, the suffering, the confusion, the craziness. And so that must not be it. In fact, when Jesus shows up, he tells us, he starts preaching. He said, he said, this was the reason I was sent to declare some good news. And it's the good news that a kingdom has come. In fact, it said his message was repent for a kingdom is here. And so Jesus' message seemed to be is that, that here was the plan. So let me give you the plan very clearly. God, God existed and reigned over the heavenlies perfectly. And then God wanted to express himself in a physical world. And he wanted to, to extend his kingdom over a physical planet. So God created galaxies and solar systems and he created our galaxy and our solar system. And then this third rock from the sun, he called earth. And he said that right there, that's, that's where I'm going to expand the rule of my kingdom, but it's a physical planet. So it has to be ruled by physical entities. So I'll create a family who will rule with me over that planet. And we know that's actually God's plan because if you read the book of Revelation, that's how it all ends. And remember what we just read from Isaiah. My purpose is going to stand. I, I will do as I please. Right? So, so God's going to end up with what he wants. And what he wants was not to get, think about this. God's goal was not to get you to heaven. God's plan was to get you to reign over the earth. Like that was God's heartbeat for you. Is like, I, I could have just made you in heaven if that's what I wanted. But I wanted you to reign and rule over this physical planet. I wanted you to rule with me over earth. And that's the real picture of the Garden of Eden. Where God comes down the cool of the day. He's like, so how's the expansion going? Just checking on the project. And so you need to understand because of that. Now back up. Because of that, God did not create man and then try to figure out why. Like the day I was born, what a glorious day. But the day I was born, <laughs> y'all be nice. The day I was born, there wasn't a staff meeting in heaven where God was like, hey, we got another one. What? Another baby. Been born. <laughs> They, they weren't asking the same question my parents were asking that I just heard my dad say in this worship experience, what do we do with him? <laughs> they, they were not having, what do we do with him? I don't know. I don't know. What's, what's he going to do? I don't know. Does he have any skills? Not really. <laughs> what can he do? He can talk. <laughs> Make him a preacher. It's really loud. Great. He can be a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't how it happened. See, this is the phrase that I like to say because I know God. See, you were, and this is what Isaiah says, you were made on purpose 
for a purpose. You were made on purpose for a purpose. Um, in 2004, a developer by the name of Jonathan Ive created the first prototype of the iPad. It's under the direction of Steve Jobs. You know the story, Apple, Steve Jobs, and all that. But it's actually in 2004, the first part. In fact, they actually intended to release the iPad before the actual iPhone, but then Steve thought it was better to put the phone in your hands so you knew how to use the iPad because the iPad would cost more than the iPhone. And so he wanted people to get used to the technology and how to use it and working with your fingers and all that. But here's what we know about this is they didn't create this and then try to figure out why they created it. It wasn't like in 2004, Jonathan busted into Steve Jobs' office and said, hey, check it out. I have the first prototype. What is it? Don't know. What's it for? No clue. What can you do with it? But how cool it is. No, 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 no. It was created because they had a reason to create it. So there was a need and the need actually made a demand for a purpose and then it was created on purpose for the purpose because of the need. And so what they had determined was that, that there was a place for a third device. Most people by this time had a laptop and a cell phone. And they said, you know, cell phones at this point were still somewhat limited as far as internet browsing capabilities because it used a mobile browser as opposed to like the full browsing capacity of your laptop. And they said, you know what, there is a need for people who don't want to carry around a laptop, but they need their email. They need to be able to get online, log in, browse, you know, go into company websites, whatever. There's a need here for something. And so because of that, we've got to create something on purpose with the purpose of meeting the need of what that is. And so what, what the iPad did was all that it was is there was a need and someone looked and said, there's going to be a need. So I'm going to make something to meet the need that's going to occur. So the day the iPad was shipped, it was shipped on purpose for the purpose of meeting the need that had been previously identified that would be there. Um, they created it because there was what they saw. There was work that was going to need to be done. There was work that was going to need to be done. You know, the Bible talks a lot about your work talks very little about your job. Amen. Jesus said, I must work the works of my Father. He even told us, work while it is day. He said, you know what? Let your light so shine that men might see your good. See, when, when this was shipped, it was shipped on purpose for a purpose. I, listen, Apple knew what it was, what it was for, why it existed, and they sent it intentionally to meet a need right. in creation. 
And they said, this thing's going to do work. They need to know what job. I mean, it could be in the medical profession or it could be in the legal profession or it could be in the educational field. They didn't know the job. They knew the work. Like we get so caught up with our jobs. In fact, people get depressed when they lose a job. And I think it's because we don't understand that we were created for work, not just jobs. The secret is learning to do your work through your job. People can take your job. They cannot take your work. They can take your position. They can't touch your purpose. And so when you know that you're here created on purpose for purpose to do work, then it's just a question of what field and where am I going to do the work? Um. I think, I think because of the world in which we're in and, and all the things, I think sometimes we miss a strategy of the enemy is that um, the enemy many times is okay with us finding a job, just not ever finding our work. I think the enemy of right is not wrong. I think the enemy of right is good. Because most of us won't settle for what's wrong, but we'll settle for what's good. The tree that, that brought death to humanity in the garden, do you remember the name of that tree? It was the tree of the knowledge of, whoa, 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 whoa. It was the tree of, easy there, ghost rider. The pattern's full. Um, <laughs> it was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Two things that'll kill you, good and evil. Now, we think evil will kill us, but good will too. Evil will keep you from your purpose, but so will good. When it comes to believers, I'm not so much worried today about evil keeping you from your purpose because you're here or you're watching online, right? So obviously, you're, you, are the, you are the people that want to do good, which can be dangerous. It can be just as dangerous as people who want to do evil because when you're doing evil, you know you're not doing right. But if the enemy can't get you to do what's evil, he'll settle for what's good just as long as you don't find the work that you are purposed for. That, that's why I think on the conversation of purpose, it's so important that we understand purpose comes from the manufacturer. Purpose comes from the creator. The creator knows why they created it. So if we want to find purpose, we don't start with us. We don't start with our surroundings. We don't start with our culture. Dear God, don't start with your culture. Go back to your creator. This is what Proverbs um, 19, 21 says. Many are the plans of a man's heart or a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, here's what I'll <laughs> kind of like that. There's a country song. I got big, big plans. Right? Going to build a house on some land or something like that. I think he's trying to get married. That's his big plans. I don't remember the guy that sung it. Are there any country people here? Any? Okay. Apparently wrong crowd. Okay. Um, rock and roll people. Are you the rock and roll people? Or pop? Where are the pop people? Okay. So we have a little pop, a little rock and roll, and a little bit country. R&B. Oh, R&B. Where are you all at? 
Oh, there it is. Lord, thank you, Jesus. I was introducing my children to the psalmist boys to men the other day. Like this is what the Lord does. He takes boys and he makes men. Speaking of purpose, we had to come to the end of the road. So y'all don't know the song about big, big plans. Never mind, because there's not enough country people in here. It's a good song. Good song. Okay, we got some, finally a winner. I can't, I listen to all kinds of music. But anyways, that one, it just made me think. But, but here's what I know about everybody in here. Everybody in here, you have plans. You have plans. What, whatever it is, plans to get married or plans to start a business or plans to raise your grandkids or plans to one day sit on the front porch and have nothing to do and just sit in a rocking chair and, and chill out. You know what I'm saying? You got plans. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose. Let me tell you the secret to success is if you can align your plans with his purpose. Because what this verse tells me, it tells me some things about the purpose of God. It tells me some things about purpose. It says that purpose is more powerful than plans. Purpose will do something plans won't do. Purpose is more powerful than plans. It tells me that purpose is more important than plans. You were not created for plans. You were created for purpose. And it tells me that that purpose existed before plans. Many of the plans in a man's heart, but God's purpose, the purpose that existed before man got here, the purpose that God had for you before you got here. His purpose for you will prevail. Now, the war we get into is when we got to hold on to our plans and it starts costing us God's purpose. Welcome to the battle. Oh, this is good. The, the, battle, the battle many times with us is surrendering our plans to his purpose. Amen. It really is because we got big, big plans, right? And, and, and to us, our plans are good, And to him, it's not that they're bad. It's just purpose is better. It's more powerful. Right? Because he created you on purpose for purpose. You are his workmanship, Paul said to the Ephesians. I like one version that says you are his masterpiece. When you look in the mirror tomorrow, you say, oh, my God, you did good. I'm a masterpiece. Now, for me, it's more like a Picasso, but I'm going to go with masterpiece. But he said, created for works that he prepared in advance that you should walk in them. Amen. His purpose will prevail. The secret of success, finding his purpose, surrendering your plans to his purpose. Here's the second thing. So, so, so the first thing, your purpose existed before you. The second thing, your end was established before your beginning. Now, remember what he says. In fact, we can read it. Isaiah 46, verse 9. It says, I make known the end from the beginning I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I make known the end from the beginning. Now, when I read that verse, here's, here's what I realize. If that's true, you didn't begin when you were born. You didn't start when you began. Now, we talked about this before. If we want to know who you are, we talked about this last week. I won't go into it. If you want to know who you are, you can't start with birth circumstances or even biological parents. You can't start with where you're born. you got to start with before the beginning. Before the beginning, God had this 
blueprint. In fact, before the beginning, God had a purpose. And because God had a purpose, he, he decided to have people. And because God had a purpose, he decided to have you before the beginning. And so you were a blueprint in the heart of God. You were a plan in the heart of God that was designed to fulfill a purpose that creation was going to necessitate. And so to find you, you got to go back to before the beginning. And then what that tells me is this tells me something about God then that God doesn't start at the beginning. God starts at the end. The way you got here was God knew where you needed to end. Therefore, he created a beginning. We have a word for this in the Bible. It is called predestined. Pre-ended. You were ended before you began. This is the, come on, Marvel, end game. Are you with me? One day I'll count how many pop cultural references I get in a message. Just for fun. Anyways, but, but this tells me you were pre-ended. This is a Bible term. And I'm not trying to get into Calvinism versus Arminianism, and we're not going to get into all that. If you don't know what that is, you're probably better for it. But anyways, but what I'm saying is just simply in the term predestined, like this verse, Paul says to the Ephesians, Ephesians 1.11, he says, in Christ you were also chosen. You were chosen. Now, why was I chosen? Why am I chosen? Because I was predestined. Well, what was I predestined for? According to... To the plan of him who works everything in conformity with his purpose. Oh my goodness, this tells me a lot about me. I was chosen. How do I know I'm chosen? Because I was predestined. How do I know I was predestined? Because God had a plan. How do I know God had a plan? Because he had a purpose. Where he had a purpose, he had a plan. And because he had a plan, he predestined me. And because he predestined me, he chose me. And that existed and all took place before the beginning. So I'm not questioning today whether I'm supposed to be here because I'm here. You're not here in this room today. If you're in this room and some of you are. Some of you are. You're not here because God started you. Oh, no, 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 no. You're here because God ended you. Because here's what God, from the end from the beginning. So God starts down here and God has this purpose and then he has this plan and he's like, I need a person and I need them here and this is what it looks like when they're successful and God starts here and then backs up. And said, okay, now I'll begin. And so, and so if, you, if you are here, your future isn't ahead of you. It is built inside of you. That's why God can emphatically declare from Jeremiah, I know the plans that I have for you, not, not, to, not for wicked, not for bad, not to harm you, but they're plans of hope and a future. How does he know? Because he started at the end. He's like, I've been to the end. I've been there. I know where you're headed. I know what you're created for. I know what you're designed to do. Because this is, I am God and there's nobody like me. Why is there nobody like you? Because I'm the only God that can go to the end and then back up and start the beginning. Amen. 
when this arrived in my hands, Apple knew why, and they knew what it would do. Because they had finished it. It didn't get to me because they had started it. It got to me because they had finished it. They had started and ended it, backed up to begin it, and completed it, and it came into my hands. Not because they were trying to start something, but because they had already finished. It, 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 it showed up with everything it needed to be successful. It showed up programmed to be successful. It showed up finished. That's why he says, there is, there is no God like, see, if you're not careful, you'll think Jesus was crucified 2,000 years ago. But that's not how God works. Because according to Revelation 13, Jesus was the lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world. He would, how does God work? He, he started before the beginning. Then he found the purpose and the plan and the ending. Then he backed up and started so that he knows where this train is going and when it gets there. There is not, your life is not built on happenstance and chance. No, it is built and manufactured by a creator who has put in you everything you need, who has designed you on purpose and who knows where your end is and has created you to succeed in that. So God would not let you be conceived unless there was something finished you were born to start. You better write that down. God would not have allowed you to be conceived unless there was something finished that you were born to start. You're the winner. Science tells us at the time of your conception, there were over 500 million sperm released. You're not here trying to win. You're here because you won. You were the one that was pre-ended. You were the one that was conceived because there was something finished that you were born to start. Okay, third thing, third thing. Let's get this to the third thing. So your purpose exists before you. Your end was established before your beginning. Here's the third thing. Then your success is backed by your creator. This is what God declares, again, definitively. My purpose will stand. Let's say 4610. My purpose will, let me use a different word succeed. My purpose will succeed. Success is built into creation by the creator. Ask you a question on your way to church today. Are you watching online? You can look outside. Did anyone see a massive amount of birds just falling out of the sky today? Isn't that crazy? They were flying. I wonder why they were flying. Oh, they were created to fly. Like, if birds are falling out, falling out of the sky, 
and they're not flying anymore. That's a problem. Just like if fish start drowning. Right? If fish start drowning, we got a problem. See, the creator never creates anything to be a failure. In fact, remember how if, if it's here, it's finished. They don't send it until they know it's going to be successful. Because the glory of the creator is seen in the success of the creation. A creation that fails takes glory from the creator. A, success, a creation that succeeds gives glory to the creator. Oh, we're supposed to live for his glory. Oh, wow. We must need to be successful then. Because if we fail, that will not glorify him. Just like birds falling out of the sky and fish drowning would not bring any type of glory to him. And so if that's the case, then the creator becomes very, very involved in the success of the creation. In fact, the creator is wanting the creation to be more successful than the creation because the success of the creation reflects the glory of the creator. So actually your success is really more important to God than to you. Because it, it affects his reputation. Um, you see, everything that's manufactured, is so the last thing they do after they built something that works before they send it to do what it was created to do is they put their name on it. In fact, in fact, they brand it. They, they put their image. So the last thing they do when they've created something that they know is going to work before they send it is they put their image on it. And God said, let us make man in our Before it leaves the plant, <laughs> they put their image on it. Now, before they put their image on it, this is what you need to know, they tested it. Because they needed to know when it got there, it had the capacity to do everything that they needed it to do. So when they sent this to me, they said, this thing right here, this will organize your emails. This will connect to the World Wide Web. This will connect to Wi-Fi. This, this, you can get text messages. There's hundreds of thousands of apps. This will do this, 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 and this, all this. Now, how did they know this would do all of that? Because they tested it. Because they said it's got to be successful when it gets there. So I'm not going to send something that I'm not sure doesn't have everything it needs and everything it will need to complete the work that is being sent to. So they tested it before they put their image on it. Because the last thing they want is a product out there bearing their image that does not work. Because then that would affect their reputation. 
And then, and then what they do, um, I don't know if you realize this, but they put it in a box. And, and then when you open the box, you know what's in there? A book. A manual. Which the manual is the mind of the creator about the product. Because you need to know what he knows in order for the product. So he took his mind and put it in a book. So that you would know how the product works. Because he wants it to be successful. Joshua 1.8 said these, these book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it in, day, in it day and night to be careful to observe, to do all that is written in it. For then will you make your way prosperous and then will you have good success. He said your success, do you know how successfully you use a product determines on how well you're familiar with it and the familiarity with the product can be, can be achieved through the manual? Because the manual tells me what the product is capable of. We were sitting in a staff meeting the other day. One of our young staff people was sitting by me. And, you know, the young, smart ones. And, and, um, and all of a sudden, I looked over. And I'm like, that's so cool that your iPad does that. And, and she was like, your iPad will do it too. Like, Get out of here. No way. She's like, let me see. I'm like, here you go. And all of a sudden, she was like, here you go. And it would do it. I was like, this is amazing. And I realized that I was using the product below its capacity and capability because I had not invested time enough to read the entirety of the manual. And if I want to know how the product works and doesn't work, I can read the manual because the manual is full of two things, promises and laws. And the promises tell me what it can do and how it can do it and how they know that it can do it. It gives me capacities and capabilities to say, this is how this is going to work. And this is what this is going to do. And you can rest confident that we've tested it and we know it will do these things. And then the laws tell me, but by the way, it will only do these things if you use it this way. Because if you decide to use this product in the bottom of your swimming pool, because it will say, don't submerge in water. And they'll say, it will do what we said. But if you decide to take it swimming with you, it may not work right. If you use it over open flames, it may not work right. Like in every, in every manual, there are these promises and these laws. You got one when you got your car and no, you didn't read it either. <laughs> and it told you the certain grade of fuel to put in the fuel tank to make sure the car functions properly. And if you'll put that fuel in the fuel tank, it will function properly. But if you decide to put orange juice in your fuel tank, it's going to sputter and jerk and make all kinds of noise and it's not going to work right. Because what? 
you didn't abide by the laws. The laws were not there to restrict you. They were there to ensure your success. Like we got a generation of people and they're all sputtering and they're in relationships and they can't figure sex out and they got all this stuff going on and they're like, I don't know what's wrong. You got orange orange juice in your gas tank, man. (laughs) Go back to the manual. You'll find out this is how that works. This is how relationships work. This is how finances work. This is how life works. How do I know? Because the creator, the manufacturer, didn't want us to be here with questions we couldn't answer. So he put a book in the box to guarantee our success. Now, let me talk about that. In the book, there are two things also in the book, not just promises and laws, but guarantees and warranties. And this is what he says. I guarantee, I guarantee this product to do what I said, to work the way that I said. But if it doesn't, I have a warranty. I have a warranty. And the first thing they say under warranty, let me help you. If it's not working right, don't try to fix it on your own. That's what they say. Relationship not working right, don't. <laughs> Finances not working right, don't try. Because you'll, you'll probably end up doing something that got you in the problem to begin with. Like, just stop. And find, check this, an authorized dealer. Because there are unauthorized dealers, like Instagram and YouTube. <laughs> and your friend in 47B. There are unauthorized users, Buddha, Muhammad, atheism. There are unauthorized dealers that are going to try to fix this for you. Steve Jobs never knew you could preach an iPad. That's one thing Steve Jobs never knew. And they said, no, but you got to find an authorized dealer. You need to find Jesus. The author and the finisher of your faith, the one who's been to your end and was there at your beginning. You need need to go back to him. Now, because there's a guarantee and a warranty, this is even what they said. Check this. They said, if it's not working right, we will pay for you to send it back to us. We will pay to fix it, and we will pay to send it back. Why? Because our reputation is based on its success. The Bible has a word or a phrase for this. It's called his namesake. Their namesake is based on their success. And God's like, my namesake is based on your success. If it isn't working, I'm going to get all kinds of involved in your business because I want you to be successful. And Ezekiel, he said this, I'm not going to deal with you based on how you've been behaving. He said, I'm going to deal with you based on my name's sake. Now you understand grace. Grace is all about making God look good, not letting you get away with murder. Because he's like, when I bless you, it's for my name's sake. 
When you're successful, it's for my name's sake. And I'm going to bless you and I'm going to redeem you and I'm going to protect you and I'm going to keep you and I'm going to call you and I predestine you. And that is all based on my name's sake. And that is why I put my image on you. That's why Jeremiah chapter one, verse 12 says, then the Lord said, you've seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. That's what God said. I'm watching over you. I'm going to make you successful because that's the glory of my kingdom. It's the glory of the king. It's the glory of the creator is, is the su- success of the creation. Now, one more thing. One more thing. Now, when I got this, the first thing I, I read was, if you really want this to work, because some people out there, they're like, you know, I get it. Everything is what they say. Everything's in this to be successful. We put, we put all the processing chips and, and all the stuff, and, it, and it's all in this thing, and, and it's all there. But if you want it to work, you gotta create, you gotta connect it to the right power source and the right network. It needs to be linked up so it can receive downloads from the manufacturer, and it's gotta have the power to execute those downloads. So Jesus looked at his followers and said, I want you to go into all the world. And I want you to preach the gospel and heal the sick and cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. I want you to bring my kingdom on the earth. That's what I want you to do. I want you to bring my kingdom on the earth. But he said, now before you go, go and wait in Jerusalem until you are empowered from on high. And you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To what? To do, to be my witnesses, to do what you were created to do. You are wired for success. It is built into you. Your future is not up for debate. God has a good plan. And he knows it's good because he's already seen the end. All you got to do is connect. Connect into the power source and let the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead bring life to his creation so that it works the way it's supposed to and finishes where you were predestined to end. Are you with me? You were created to succeed. Come on, can you give Jesus praise today for his word? (laughs) Why don't you stand with me? And God, we're so grateful today for your presence in this place. Um, Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit that connects us to you that gives us your mind and your heart and 
empowers us to, to be who you created us to be. We, everyone, just take a moment, bow your heads, even online. Don't, don't tune out yet because this could be the most important part, but everyone take a moment, bow your head, and just ask God, 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 what are you saying to me? Just where you're at, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And God, I pray you'd speak to every person. Speak to every person. And with your heads bowed, you're just listening. Just take a moment and listen. Let God speak. And, and while you're doing that, if there's anyone that you're in this room or you're watching online and, and you need a relationship with the Creator, I'm not asking about a relationship with religion or not that. I'm talking about if a relationship with God where you have confidence that you have a relationship with God, where you are connected to Him. And if, that, if that's something you need, I'm typically found right now, probably there's a nudge on the inside saying, hey, that's usually the Holy Spirit saying, hey, that's you, that's you. And it's really God kind of, as the Bible says, knocking at the door of your heart saying, hey, I'd like to connect with you. And so if, you, if that's where you're at, I want to pray with you, whether you're watching online or whether you're in the room, I want to pray with you. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call anybody else. So our heads are bowed. People are listening for God. But if that's you and you're like, I need I need." a relationship with the Creator. I need a relationship with God. Then I want to encourage you where you're at. Even if you're watching by yourself in your own living room, I want to encourage you just right now, if you're in this room online, doesn't matter, just lift your hand up. Say, God, here I am. That's what I need. I need a relationship with you. God, I, I want to connect with you. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. And then those at home, same thing, like, God, here I am. And then I want you, the, the prayers, the words aren't important. It's the heart. But So you use your words, but but we come into relationship with God by a declaration of faith. And it's something like this where we say, God, I believe in you and I believe in your son, Jesus. And I believe that he died and he rose again for me. And I ask you then to forgive me of everything that I've done wrong. And as your word says, make me a new creation and help me to follow you with the rest of my life. I surrender everything. And God, I pray as they pray their, their version of that prayer, God, that, that not only I know that you heard them, but I pray that they would hear you. They would sense you. They would know that you're close, God. They would, they would sense your presence as never before. And God, that you would lead and guide them in this new created life on purpose. Um, God, I pray for everyone in this room. God, we, we want to live on purpose. We want to be successful. Help us to surrender the plans of our heart to the purposes of God. Help us to rest today in the fact that you created us for purpose, on purpose, for purpose. Success is built in. Our future is built in. You have good plans for us. We can trust you. And God, if we stay connected with you, you will get us to the end. And it's a good plan. And we can trust it. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. Come on, you can give Jesus one more. You can clap, you can shout, you can whistle, you can yeehaw or amen. Um, I want to invite our prayer team to come. If you're on our prayer team, we'd love for you to come.
Um, now, if you need prayer, we have our prayer team. We'd love to pray with you. Prayer for anything. You lift your hand or you just need prayer for anything. We'd love to pray with you. If you're online, you can text my pathway prayer to 77977. But if you need prayer, go ahead and come. We'd love for you to, to come. We'd love to pray for you. Everyone else, we say a big God bless you. We love you so much. You're created on for, for purpose, on purpose, for purpose. So go and take over your world. We'll see you next weekend. God bless you.